know. <laughs> I was waiting on I you. We could just use the part where I'm just staring. I at was her waiting like at you. I was. Why looking. it says Midge Yo? I didn't. Midge Yo. I was literally looking at you on the monitor, and I was like, Is she gonna go? No. Nope. Jeez. She ain't. Hello, and welcome to the 91st, presented by Adobe, the Women's World Cup show. That is heartbroken. I'm Midge Purse, and me. Well, I'm Katie Nolan. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to talk about USA versus Sweden and the U.S.'s earliest exit in World Cup history. We're also going to be joined by Becky Sauerbrunn to talk about the legacy of this team and what comes next for the USA. And we're going to look at the rest of the tournament because, hey, this thing's far from over. And this is a Women's World Cup podcast, and we're going to talk about the Women's World Cup. Uh, there's amazing soccer and drama and action all around, so we're going to talk about all that. But first, we're going to start with the hard truth. United States women's national team has been eliminated from the 2023 Women's World Cup. Score was uh, nil-nil after 120 minutes of hard-played football. Is this good? Is yeah. this good? I'm hiding emotions. It went to penalties uh, where the United States lost 5-4. Um, it was the seventh PK, I think, is the one that went in. And in is in quotes. It's a soft in. Um Alyssa Nair made what seemed to be a game-saving, it seemed like she made two game-saving saves, uh, and and then VAR, well, it wasn't VAR. Yes, I've seen a lot of confusion about this. There is no VAR in penalty kick shootouts. Hear that, everybody? No VAR. No VAR. So now it's VAR adjacent. It's tech. Yeah, it's goal line technologies. And so that is what? technology that tells you if the ball is across the goal line. So it's like a chip in the ball? <laughs> Don't ask me these questions. Okay. I think it's a chip in the ball. I th Sure. Is what I've heard. Oh, yeah. Actually, I don't know. I don't care. Okay. All I know is that it's allegedly reliable and heartbreaking at the same time. But I just wanted to clear, clear that up because I feel like I've heard a lot of people saying VAR, VAR, VAR. I've heard a lot of people saying a lot of stuff that's wrong. So we, <laughs> if we're doing corrections, we're going to have to spend the whole podcast. I saw somebody say that the United States women are out in the 16th round. And that's not, <laughs> that's also not what happened. But uh, what did happen was that it was ruled a goal. If you take a look at the picture, which I think I ha we have and that we can show, uh, you can barely see that space there between the ball and uh, the line. So I I was in disbelief when they showed the image. Part part of me thought it was one of those things, just those auto-generated images. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, that's there's no way that's the actual picture of yeah. the ball. And the more I, I kept seeing it and when I rewatched the video, I said, oh, that's that's the ball. I'll tell you what I felt. And what I felt was what the hell took so long with the replay? Because yeah, I know you can't like Maybe you don't have the gold tech of like it's in or it's not. But like right after it happened, there was so much confusion and everybody was like, I thought she saved it. Even Alyssa was like, what are you talking about? I saved it. I just wanted to see it again. It was And it took a very long time before we saw it again. It was tough. Um, it was also the, the first time that they've lost before the tournament semifinals. It's just, just a nice, a more fun way of saying that's the earliest exit that they've ever had. Uh, let's let's talk through the the PKs and then we'll go back and we'll look at the rest of the game because it's kind of like a tale of two. Um, first question for you, Midge, as a woman who plays professional soccer, what is the feeling of a professional soccer player on when a game comes down to PKs? Is that like exciting or is that does that suck? You just you always have it in mind. Anytime you enter a tournament where penalty kicks are an option, it's just always in the back of your mind. 
honestly, no, it's it's always in the forefront of your mind. You're like, am I going to take a PK? When am I going to go? Am I ready? Am I going to change which way I'm going to go? What's going on? So I think when you're going into it, you're just like, yeah, we're here now. We got here. This is what we do. And I I personally, I love going into PKs. You do? Yeah. I think my, uh, and I, this is just a guess, because again, I don't, I don't know if you guys know, I don't play professional soccer. Um, I think the way that I'm built, I'm built to crumble in a PK situation. <laughs> I do not think I'd be like, this is me. It's all on me. And I've got it. I just, I think it's something that makes football, sorry, soccer, that makes soccer, soccer. so unique. Like what other sport goes into a shootout? Hockey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, us in hockey. Yeah. It's the most exciting thing ever. Yeah. It, it's just, that's how you decide who wins, okay? It's wild. It's wild and it's, it's so thrilling. And I think about all of the PK shootouts I've seen other teams go into and the ones I've been a part of and nothing gets your adrenaline up <laughs> like a good PK shootout. Well, you said that it's in the forefront of your mind and you're like, am I gonna have to shoot a PK? When will I, when do they decide? And it might be different for every team. Like, but genuinely, like generally, when do you decide who's going to be the ones if it comes down to PKs and like what the order is gonna be? Is that like before the game? Is that like before the tournament? So typically in normal season play, in case you get a PK, before the game, whenever the team has their meeting, you'll go over set pieces because a penalty kick is a set piece. Mm. Or at least that's how we consider it, which is like it's like a corner. It's like a throw in. It's it's a free kick, a goal kick. And they'll have the penalty take penalty kick takers. So it'll be like the first person who will take it is X. If she's not on the field or she's hurt, then Y takes it. If they're both not on the field and she's hurt or whatever, then Z takes it. should have started at A because I feel like you're going to run out of letters <laughs> by the third person. Well, I, usually it doesn't go beyond three, but mm -hmm. yeah, you, you, you typically know who's going to take the penalty kick. When it comes to penalty kick shootouts in the tournament round, you also know. You know that, hey, you're going to be one. You're going to be two. It's not something that just is made up at the end of the day. So this order that we saw... To you, do you think that was, so that was like pre-decided? In a perfect world with no other caveats that I am unaware of, yes. This is, this is a list that was created. I was a little thrown though. So here's the caveat that I would talk about. Alex got subbed in the 99th minute. For me, she would have been a PK taker. And I, listen, I can already hear people, she missed her Vietnam. She's a PK taker. Yeah. She scored in the Olympics. She scored PKs for club, for country. She can take PK. She missed one, whatever. I don't really care. That could change your order by a lot. I was shocked to see, okay, shocked, but thrilled. My heart leaped for Andy Sullivan. Sun Sunny, Amazing. Sunny, good job. She, she's so good and she buried it. She buried that PK. Yeah. But that goes to saying, I assumed Alex would have been number one. Yeah. So I don't know if that changed the order. And then I don't know when it gets to six, seven, eight. I don't know if that's planned. If that's just like whoever that's, wants that's, to? That's who on, I, I don't know. That's who's on the field. That's who, hmm. who the coaches have faith in. And I mean, there have been times I've been on the field and someone who says they want to take a PK, it comes down to the moment and they totally choke. They're totally like, no, I don't want to do it. And you're like, wait, what? You don't want to, you don't, what do you mean? We've been practicing, <laughs> you've been, you're supposed to be three. We've been practicing for the past month and now you don't want to take it. And they're just like, I can't. I am her. 
this <laughs> hypothetical person is me. Whatever mental block they have, whatever anxiety they have, they they pull out and that changes everything. Yeah. So I you really have no idea what happened. You you have no idea if that was supposed to be the right order. I can speculate and say again, in a perfect world, that's what they had planned, but I'll never know. I could ask when they get back. What was surprising to me was Christy had her first touch of the tournament was shooting a PK. That actually didn't surprise me. It surprised me that she didn't play earlier in the tournament. Yeah. But when Christy came on, and I saw Sam's reaction, Sam Mewis, not yes. Sam Kerr. <laughs> I saw Sam Mewis' reaction to her uh, making the PK. I actually was not nervous at all for Christy. Yeah. I've seen her, I've just, I've seen her take so many PKs and she, she's a laser. She's yeah. so consistent. It was awesome. It was cool to see. Yeah, she was Also, incredible. I can, again, my brain immediately goes to me in that situation. I'm like, it's my first time touching the ball. I'm gonna panic and I'm not gonna get it. And that's again why I don't play professional soccer. But I think, I think there's also this, this other perspective that you look at it where she knows or knew, in my opinion, that if a PK was going to be taken, she might be up for it. Mm. And she was ready for it. That to me is huge. Like to be able to step up, to know that this is your role. This is what we need you to do. This is your role for the country. <laughs> we need you to take this PK without doing anything else. And she's like, I got it. It's cool. And she, it, it was amazing. And she did. Uh, let's talk about Alyssa's PK goal. That's the first keeper to ever convert a penalty at a Women's World Cup. Is How common is that? Well, first ever. <laughs> I mean, but how common is it like in regular, just like when playing soccer, like are goalies always, I mean, I've heard goalies are the best at it because they're the, they know it from both ends. Um, but is that like a, that I was shocked. I was shocked when she stepped up too. I'm and not gonna, I'm not gonna it. lie. But while I was, sh I was shocked to see her, I was not shocked she converted. Yeah. I've yeah, seen I think her. That's how I feel too, is I'm like, once I saw her do, I'm like, well then she's gonna do it. Oh yeah. She, I mean, yeah, she's an assassin. <laughs> she she was she didn't look nervous, nervous. No one looked nervous about her taking it. And then to go down the middle. Mm. I don't think people understand how hard that is. Make them understand. People, okay. It's a higher likelihood that, you know, they stay, that they stay and they catch it. So it's so ballsy for her to do that and she just she didn't even hesitate. She just went straight. It's like I think anyone who plays soccer when they saw it they said, "Oh, it's cold. <laughs> it's amazing and then immediately not amazing pretty soon after that. We had a couple misses. I don't know that it makes sense to, to like pick apart. The, I feel like to me, a PK is like 50-50 odds if you're going to get it or you're not going to get it. Mm -hmm. So to me, when somebody misses, it's like, okay, you kind of know that somebody's going to miss somewhere. Um, I think they said that the keeper had the, the where everybody goes, like what side they normally go to written on a water bottle, right? So it's like there's a... There's like scouting that goes into it. There's the mental of like, am I going to do what they think I'm going to do because they think I'm going to do the opposite type of a thing. Um, but I do think people had a lot to say about one particular miss, um, which would be Megan Rapinoe's miss. You said before to you, if you're making like Alex takes a PK, I don't care that she missed one. Would you have Rapino take PKs? Like, would she have been on your list of people? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, it was an obvious yes. Oh that's yeah, I, yeah. What? I was like, <laughs> I just think a lot of people. Um, She's never missed for country that's until right. now. And on the internet, uh, people seemed like very. Um, why would you ever do that? She's people are dumb. I know she has never missed a PK for country. And when I saw her her step up, I said, 
Oh, goal. She, we look at her like Steph Curry yeah. on the three-point line. Like, it's like she's on auto. Like, you just know it's going to be a goal. So that was a really, really, it's, it's really unheard of. Did it feel like they put Soph in kind of a tough spot going fifth? Did that feel like a tough spot to put a young player in? I, I was shocked she went five. I don't know if it was because they wanted to give her that moment. That if it goes in, she... Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. She, look at her career and what she's having. She's having an iconic career. Mm. And she's so young. She's MVP of the league. She's MVP of the national team. She's doing all these amazing things. She scores a brace in her debut for the World Cup. My, I speculated that it was probably to give her that moment because she earned it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's it's heartbreaking. That that one really hurt my heart and you could see it really hurt her heart. Yeah. And sometimes it just, it doesn't happen. No one, no one is perfect. I mean, I don't know how people can look at the last two years that she's had and have anything to say about her quality on the ball, off the ball, her, her soccer IQ. It, it baffles me that people are giving her so much criticism and to even liken it to people like this happens across across the game, not just the women's game, across the game. If we look at the Euros in 2020, so Euros 2020 men, Italy versus England, the final. All we hear everywhere I look, all I see is it's coming home. It's coming home. Everyone's talking about England and how they're going to bring it home. They go to PKs and three of them miss PKs. Rashford, Sancho and Saka, three of them. Three of the best players in the world miss their PKs and they're completely obliterated by their own country. Mm. And globally, everyone's reaction to this was, how dare you? How could you? They, they missed a PK and they're getting death threats, racism, racism, remarks, everything. It's 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 baffling. And yet I see, you know, a couple of our players miss PKs in a big game. And the reaction from our nation not being this ubiquitous moment of support is so heartbreaking. It's really yeah. sad, especially with how well, you know, she they've been doing. So it's very frustrating. I think a lot of people don't understand. I, we've said this a million times, but just don't understand how difficult it is to to score a PK. But let's now transition. We'll talk about the game that came before the devastating uh, shootout. They looked good. The United States looked the best that they've looked this entire tournament. Um, there were some surprising roster announcements. Sonic got the start, which I saw a lot of chit chat online about how that wasn't the move. And then I think pretty early in the game, you saw like that kind of was the move. Sonic went off. She went off. She was so good. Sonic is like Kelly in the sense where she's also a bit off her rocker. Like they're both crazy. Yeah, chaotic energy. Yeah, no, yeah. they're nuts. And you could see it on the field. I was like, oh, she's in full sonnet mode. Yeah. Like she, she was getting dug and she was having fun. And I was so happy to see that for her because that's not an easy game to go into at all. Mm -mm. And she's just, she's had such a up and down time with the national team. She's trying to get minutes. Like, is she a center back? Is she an outside back? But she comes into the six. And people don't really know she used to be a midfielder before mm. she was a defender. And she showed why she used to be a midfielder. And I think that shape was so good. There was a lot of criticism tactically about the team not playing through their midfield in other games. Mm -hmm. And look at what Sonny did. Sorry, Andy Sullivan. 
Sunny. We call her Sunny because one time in U17 camp, she had these bright yellow cleats, so they called her Sunshine. And that just stuck. That's just yeah, one was, time you wear yellow cleats and there's a nickname. They were really bright. Life. And so her nickname was Sunshine. Okay. And now we call her Sunny. That's cute. Yeah. she. I mean, she's cute. But anyway... Sunny had a great game, too. We were playing through them. They were setting play. They were moving the ball, and it just changed everything. So, so much respect for Sonny and what she did in that game. Yeah, it was incredible. Uh, there were 11 shots on goal for the USA, uh, which is going to actually bring us to the stat of the show, Midge. It's now time for the stat of the show, presented by Adobe Express. The stat of the show is 11 saves. That's how many saves the Swedish goalkeeper, Musevic, made against the USA. They were good saves, too. They weren't necessarily all easy. They were tough saves. It's was the Lindsay half volley. I think it came in on the bounce. Lynn crossed it from the right. And Lindsay, that's, that was a hard ball to finish. Mm. When I saw it bounce, I said, oh, that's going to be a hard ball to finish. Lindsay took it so sweet. I know it felt so good on her boot. I thought it was in. And I couldn't believe she saved it. it that, was, that was a top, top, top save. Mm. And then there was an Alex Morgan header from across. Yeah, she she had a game. She had a game. Backup keeper at Chelsea, correct? That was crazy. Wild to hear. But that's Upsetting. what the World it Cup made does. It, it made it hurt more, I'll be honest. When they're no, like, oh, it's not even their, their keeper. I'm like, oh, cool. It shouldn't. That's what the World Cup does. Really, really nice to see when someone who doesn't get that number one spot, someone who's not a starter, goes crazy on yeah. the biggest stage in the world. Not cool when it's against you. Um, but it is cool in the broader sense yes. of things. Anyway, it's that woman's fault that we can't keep playing soccer. So oh. the stat of the show was made with Adobe Express. Adobe tools are fun and easy for everyone. Adobe Express makes it easy to flex your creativity through its all-in-one editor to make your own content, including TikTok videos, reels, flyers, and so much more. Join the Adobe Express beta now by going to express.adobe.com. Should we talk about other good stuff? Our defense looked great. Naomi Gurma. She is has earned that spot. Yeah. She has been solid and consistent. She is class. She makes it look so, so easy. easy. She's so good. Yeah. I mean, she was phenomenal. And I'm so happy for her. I'm so sad for her. Yeah. But she has such a bright future. Uh, the United States only allowed two total shots on goal the entire tournament. Important to note that hitting the post does not count. Um, Which is crazy to me. Yeah, I never really understood. Look, when I play Rocket League, I'm always like, how's that? Not a shot on goal. Um, and that's the same as soccer, so you get it. Silver lining. We have a lot of young players on this team. Uh, Talent-wise, the pool is kind of deep for years to come, right? That's looking forward, Midge. Give the people some thing to be happy about. I think it's so interesting the way we look at World Cups and big tournaments as if that tournament is the end of the movie. There's nothing else to be seen. We have failed. It's over. When this is a long journey, it's a long story, these these kids probably going to have three or four World Cups under their belt. And it's the next one that I think everyone should be terrified for. You know, they have a chip on their shoulder. It's not even a chip on their shoulder. They have a they've broken hearts. Mm. You know, they're hurting. It it's it's hard. And they're good. They're better than than what they got. They've put out better performances individually than what they've received in place and awards and anything. So 
I I just think that there's so much more to be excited for on the landscape of U.S. women's soccer. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. Uh, players 23 and under accounted for almost a quarter of the minutes played by the U.S. in this World Cup. Obviously, Naomi Gomer, who we just mentioned, is 23. Sophia Smith is 22. So uh, Trinity Rodman, 20. Again, rude. All this is very rude, but uh, exciting. They all started. They're going to be foundational players for this team moving forward. But, of course, this was the worst World Cup performance in program history. So we do have to look in the mirror at what went wrong before and during. On Monday, the U.S. Soccer Federation said, quote, we will conduct a review to identify areas improvement and determine our next steps, end quote, which is it's nothing. That's nothing. We're going to look at what happened and decide what to do. Great. Makes sense. Um, we don't want to assume, but after Olympics, the last Olympics, and then this World Cup, Flacco is likely done. You don't have to answer. I don't even want to look at you because Vicky might be giving me a look, like how dare you make me say. But I feel like the hubbub, the um, the general discuss is uh, that he's probably done. That is Above my pay grade. Mm -hmm. And below mine. What um what next steps do you think they're talking about? Is this a if it's not coaching, but is it like tactical? Is it personnel wise? Obviously personnel's gonna change because we're losing a lot of veterans, a couple veterans. Um what do you think their internal review is going to find? What did you see that you wanted to see more of or different in the next iteration, other than Midge Purse being on the line? <laughs> Thanks for that. I think it's going to be holistic. I mean, everyone talks about the world is catching up, blah, blah, blah. And it's super zoomed in on the players and players focus when they say that. But they're catching up in terms of physiological care. You know, we had a lot of injuries. We're missing a ton of people. A ton of people. from Me. We're missing, we're missing a ton of people from this World Cup. Tons of injuries. So they're going to look at it from, I think, a scientific standpoint. I think they're going to look at it, at it from a player standpoint, from a coaching standpoint. And I think overall, more generally, they're going to look at it from what kind of football do we want to play? Like, are we still going to be this really dynamic, out athletic team that's just running people over? Is there another level? Is there a different style that we need to approach? Do we need more of an identity when it comes to possession? I think those are the questions that they're going to be asking and it's going to take a look in the mirror, which it always does. Um, now my favorite part, the fun part, um, is that we're going to just quickly address and not give them a lot of time or attention, but the internet trolls who have a, a lot to say <laughs> about how woke liberals ruined America by playing women's soccer. Um, and it just feels like there was a lot of talk about how this is it. Oh, this is done. They thought they were good, but it's just because nobody else played women's soccer. Now that everybody else is playing women's soccer, the United States is exposed and they're done. And this is coming from patriots. These real patriots who are out here <laughs> being like, I love America and that's why I hate America's national <laughs> team, um, which is wild. And then uh, the more wild part, I think, is where it spills over into the broadcast team. Um... And I just want to personally say that this team, the team in this World Cup, I don't know who everybody else is talking about on the Internet, about how we know their politics and their stances and their ideology. Unless they're talking about one specific person uh, like Megan Rapino, who seems to be a real lightning rod for uh, unbased criticism, just based off of having opinions and an identity as a person. Uh, and fighting for things like equality. Um, 
other than that, outside of that, what team are they talking about? I don't know who these people who do not watch any women's soccer are that feel comfortable, confident, and loud as hell coming out here and saying that, like, this team's really polarizing because they have beliefs. And it's very, very frustrating as a fan of women's sports who also is a fan of sports and so, therefore, men's sports. And this never happens with men's teams. It's never that a commentator who is a ambassador of the sport because they present that sport to viewers would come out and say that the belief systems of a lot of these players make people not like them. And it's hard to root for them if they're not winning. That's never happened. That's never once happened. And to see it happen um, at a World Cup is embarrassing. It's embarrassing for our country. I would, I would say, my own personal opinion, that's more embarrassing to me than the loss on the field is that the the people that we have given the privilege of getting to present this sport to the world and talk about the team um, decides to say that they are tough to root for for a large portion of the population. I'll tell you what, that pop that portion of the population does not root for them. And nothing that happens is going to make that portion of the population root for them. So why are we spending any time discussing those people and what they think when they've proven they're not going to watch? They don't care. So that's how I feel about <laughs> that. Did you have anything you wanted to say? I think it's fascinating when people talk about, especially when it comes to the women's national team and and uh, us. I think it's fascinating when people say, "Don't be political, don't don't make waves, or don't insert yourself in certain social discourses," because inherently, we are political. We are women in sport an opportunity and right that has been just denied globally for so many sexist social reasons, for political reasons. We are, yeah, I guess we're polarizing. If you don't think women should be playing sport, if you don't think women should be having rights, we're polarizing. And I, I don't, I don't mind it. I just, I don't see how other people aren't able to understand that, it's just the reality of the situation. Mm. Um, all right, let's go ahead and talk about what comes next for this team. We could do that, just us two, but let's do it with Becky Sauerbrunn instead, uh, shall we? It's time now for Keeping Us Connected, presented by AT&T 5G. Connecting changes everything. All right, welcome back to America's captain, Becky Sauerbrunn. Hi, hi, hi. Thanks for having me back on. Oh, I mean, my goodness. Uh, Becky, uh, we know you're probably as, as disappointed as everybody else. Can you talk us through your immediate reaction to uh, that last game, U.S.-Sweden? Yeah, I'm just really sad. And it feels like surreal to lose a match like that and the way that it happened and like Alyssa making a double save on a penalty and then literally it being like a millimeter across the line. It just it hasn't really hit me that it's real and that we're out. And just, you know, texting with some of the players. Like, it's just, it's just sad. It's really hard. You've gone to PKs with Sweden before with, mm -hmm. yeah, with a similar end result, but not quite as a dramatic process, I would argue. 
Do, does it being Sweden and it happening to the same team kind of in the same format make it worse or make it feel any different? It's just familiar. And I, I think that's just because we've played them so many times in these major tournaments. It's just like, of course, it's Sweden. Of course, it's going into penalties. And it just it just kind of sucks that it's them because, yeah, we face them almost every single time. And over the years, it's gone back and forth. And, you know, lately it just feels kind of like they have our number. But, you know, my hope is that, you know, when we face them next, which will probably be in the Olympics, um, that we'll, we'll have their number that time. Uh, there was a lot of talk about the U.S. not looking like themselves. When you look at the four games we saw from them as a whole, what stood out to you about this team? I think this last game against Sweden was by far their best performance. And I think when you hear, you know, the post-game comments from the players and, and from Vlaco, I think you saw that they also felt that, that they wanted to get to a place in their performance that they felt good about. And to me, that's that definitely was Sweden. And the way that, you know, they were attacking the ball, we were going a little bit more direct, but we were picking up seconds and a the formation changed. Like things just seemed to click. And I really think that had we gotten past Sweden, then the tournament would have been ours because we were finding our stride. And you could just see that on the field that game. Offensively, they ended the tournament on a 238-minute scoring drought, the team's longest ever in the World Cup. Does Is there anything that stands out to you about why that may have happened, what the cause of that could be, or even... I mean, if you don't want to focus on that, what the resolve is. I mean, if you look at that Sweden game, it comes down to good goalkeeping. I mean, you think about, you know, Lindsay's chance that she hit so well. That was a great save, a couple headers. And so, like, it's not like we weren't getting the chances. And I think when you look at our XG, we were expected to have a lot more goals. And so when you have XG that's high and then the actual goals are a little bit lower, you know, what what is that? What are the reasons for that? Is it where we're taking our chances? Is it we're shooting into traffic? Do we not have enough numbers in the box? So there could be a lot of solutions, but also like you need luck in these tournaments. And if it doesn't bounce your way, it doesn't bounce your way. That keeper really, she really. I was going to say, is the keeper you're playing having the game of her life? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, she was very good and you can't, you know, underemphasize what goal, good goalkeeping can do. Cause you look on our side with Alyssa in that match. And she was, she was just as good, you know, like she stepped up, took a PK, saved a PK, came up big on a lot of those crosses. So like, if, if there's anything from this tournament that I've noticed, it's that good goalkeeping is extremely important. I know. I think I would argue, I feel like that position in the past, Bri's going to kill me, Brianna Scurry. <laughs> no, I just feel like the the goalkeeping position in the past hasn't been so meticulously studied. Like p teams didn't put so much effort into planning how their goalkeepers were going to play, making sure they're good with their feet, all of these little details that field players worry about for their positions, but goalkeepers never did. Do you think that the position has evolved in a way that kind of affects penalty kicks in general? Because I think we also see so many more PK saves today in the, both the men's and the women's game than we ever have in the past. Oh, that's that's interesting about the PKs. I've never thought about like the evolution of goalkeeping and how it's affecting PKs. But I think in general, the way that the game has adapted and how 
you know, the back line is expected to set play. You also need a goalkeeper that's very good with their feet. So it makes sense that all of a sudden these goalkeepers need a lot more tools in their tool bag. Um, as far as, as PKs, I haven't really thought about that. And it would be really fascinating to know if there is some sort of correlation between that. I, I, I think there is. That's interesting. <laughs> you should study it. No, there. I mean, I think there was a study done on, I mean, there's, there's obviously there's tons of studies done on penalty kicks. You and I have sat in the meetings where they say, um, you're more likely to make it if you shoot within the five seconds after the whistle. You're apparently, if you take a breath, if you watch the U.S. players, you see them all go. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a, a studied psych. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> I was a psych major, so it's embarrassing that I can't think of the terminology. Phenomena. <laughs> it is a psych phenomena that tells you that you literally relax and you get more clarity after you take that really sharp breath. Huh. So there is a lot of psychology that goes into it that teams are aware of, but I think the goalkeeping piece is really fascinating. There's a lot of um, uh, talk about, I think, in the larger sports media, not necessarily on the specific like Women's World Cup sports media, about it, there's just been a lot of alarmist takes about like, well, the United States is done as the leader of the Women's World Cup. Like this was all the other countries have caught up and this is it for them and everybody should just get used to it. Um, I think you know and we know that that's not true. Um, how how does the U.S. return to being that number one in the world off of this World Cup? Well, I, I always just go back to, I look at 2019 and the differences between us winning and not our PKs, our little moments. And so I keep going back to like, look and having it bounce your way, but you need that in a tournament. And every tournament I've played in that we've won, we've always had something happen for us that is just beneficial. And so like, yeah, it didn't bounce our way this this time. Could we have set ourselves up better? You know, maybe we were not playing Sweden in this first knockout stage. Um, and so how do we maintain our status? I think, you know, I think you saw in this tournament, the ability to adapt to in-game tactics will be huge. And so I think, you know, getting more comfortable in a lot of different formations or adjusting in the formations that we play in and making sure that the players are all feeling as best as they can on the field and they want the ball and they want to get on the ball. And so if that's some sort of psychology, if that's, you know, fitting tactics to the players or what, but something in that last game against Sweden, you could just see it on players. Like they just seemed more comfortable, more brave. And, and maybe that was a shift within the players. Maybe that was a shift within the tactics, but how do we get into that zone immediately from the first game forward so that that momentum we're not fighting against it we have it the entire time uh megan rapino obviously said before this world cup that this is it for her and she's going to retire and then of course it ends for her on her first ever uh missed pk which is frustrating um but i do feel like people obviously have very strong opinions about megan rapino um and there were just a lot of people jumping on that being her final moment about like, you know, that somehow in some way defining her. And I wanted to give you somebody who knows, loves and has worked with her just a moment to like remind everybody of who she is as a as a person, as a teammate, as a player, like what her legacy is and what she's done and, and will be leaving behind with the game. Oh, I mean, Pino is just an absolutely amazing person. And, you know, I've I've said it a lot, but I know she's someone that's made me a lot more brave 
in everything, in who I am and what I stand for, how I am on the field, how I lead. Like a lot of that is her influence because she gave me permission to like be my best self and to empower me. And she's done so many good things for the sport. And through that, you know, it's it's been polarizing, but it shouldn't be because all she's ever wanted was to affect change for the good. And so the way that it it ends, you know, her, you know, her international career on a missed PK, like to me is just is so cruel, but it's also a reminder that it's sports and sports are so unpredictable and fairy tale endings are so extremely rare in sports and life whenever. And so I think, you know, when you saw her and she had, she, you know, she was crying with like a smile on her face, you know, to her, I'm sure it was so completely absurd that of all the people to miss a PK, it was her, you know, like I would have bet my life on it that she was going to make it. And I'm sure she would have done that as well. And so it's just a reminder that like, yeah, man, sports, it's, it can suck your soul out. And then another time, you know, you can be on such a complete high. So it's, it's not the way I'm sure she wanted it to end, but I think when she looks back, ultimately she knows that everything she's done for the sport on the field, I mean, almost doesn't compare to everything that she's done off the field because she has been such a force of nature and will continue to do, do so. Well, the Olympics are a year away. How does the team turn the corner? I think it all depends on how the players respond to this disappointment. And I think for a lot of the players, it's going to be this like driving fuel that they use in preparation for the Olympics. And in the past, historically with this team, if we don't win a World Cup, we wind up winning the Olympics or, you know, like vice versa. And so I think... And what I'm hoping to see is that there's just this drive, this drive to be better, to improve, you know, the areas that maybe players feel that they struggled in. They're like, I'm going to focus on all of that and make sure that my my strengths are even stronger and that my weaknesses are, are weaker. And it, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how overall, like top down, how leadership approaches, you know, tactics and formations and the future and is this when, you know, there's this huge influx of youth and you start phasing out some of us, you know, older players? Like, it'll be interesting to see. And I'm I'm excited for the future because I think we already know that we have such a strong core of players. And now it's just complimenting them. With the World Cup obviously still continuing, though I called and I asked if they could just call the rest of it off. It, it is going to keep going. Um, who are you looking at? What teams are you interested in? I don't want to say rooting for, but, you know, that you've liked what you've seen from them or you're interested to see or you think they're going to have a good tournament. I'm I'm really interested in Spain and Japan. And, you know, I think Japan and the way that they play, you know, I think they've been one of the more consistent teams through the tournament. And I just love how stylistically they play. And then Spain just has some of these amazing players. And uh, I, I would love to see, I would love to see either of those two do well. Um, England, I think I don't want them to do as well, but I think you know they've got a pretty pretty decent squad. And honestly, like I don't really care anymore <laughs> who who's going to win this thing because yeah, my heart my heart's still with with our team now that we're we're not in there. Becky, thank you so much for doing this a second time. We really adore you. You're just the greatest. Thank and uh, you. hopefully we'll see you again soon. Maybe we can make her come back another time. 
I mean, twist my arm. (laughs) (laughs) You're the best, Becky. Bye, Becky. Goodbye. Thanks again to Becky, and thanks again to AT&T 5G for keeping us connected. All right, before we sign off, we want to take a look at the rest of the round of 16, or the 16th round, if this is your first time ever watching soccer in your life. Uh, As we move towards the quarters, we're going to tell you who we're going to be rooting for, because though the U.S. have exited, you're not getting rid of us. We're still going to be here. All right, England versus Nigeria. I know, we were rooting for Nigeria. Monday morning, England won in PKs after a scoreless draw. That one hurt too. It's mm. been it's been a hard two days. Nigeria played so well. Yeah. They hit the post twice during the during regular time. During right? regular time, they hit the post twice. They played so, they put up such a good fight and England's favored to win. So it's just it's incredible for them to put up such a good fight against the now favorite winners, but Ify, I love you. Good job. It was amazing. Ify. 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 Um, oh, Chloe Kelly. Yeah. Okay, first of all, I still let me just say, Chloe Kelly has the clutch gene in her. Yeah. Because the way she stepped up to take that fifth PK, she did that weird step thingy she does. It's so bizarre, but who cares? Because it works. And she, the, she, I can't even explain, the way she, she pummel-drived that into the top, the upper 90, like it was top bins. It was so good. She didn't even hesitate. Didn't hesitate for a moment. It, it, was, it was scary good. And even more beautiful, mm. arguably. Actually, I don't think it's more beautiful. But, I do. Okay. You think it's over I'm P- The PK for me... <laughs> was insane but the moment when she went over to the goalkeeper <sighs> not dozy and she told the cameraman to stop filming because she was crying yeah i yeah. mean it was it was authentic you know yeah. it's it's rare that you get an inside look at the authentic moments of athletes and players to see her genuinely be like yo chill out yeah she's like, this is really hard. This is our lives. These, I know it's our careers and it's the entertainment business, but it's also our lives. It's what we dedicate a lot of time to. This is a really hard moment. And I just loved that she took that moment for her country and for herself to celebrate it. Mm. And then after she had that moment, she was just a person. And I respected that. I, I had a lot of respect for it. It also kind of reminded me, like, with Sweden, when Aslani told people not to, to don't talk about United States. Yeah, match presser. Hearing them, Swedish players, talk about uh, our team with the respect and reverence that I sort of was hoping our media would speak about our national team and country it was very nice. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. It's just it's just class and it's it's a good model for younger. I mean, I was gonna say younger athletes, but people want to talk about sportsmanship. That's sportsmanship. Like you, you try to kill each other on the field. Like yeah, I'm trying to kill you yeah. on the field. Then off the field. You have respect for them. And you also recognize that you're kind of fighting the same fight. They're sort of like, you know, fighting for women's sports and wanting women's sports to be respected and to spread and to grow. And so it's like at the end of the day, it's bigger than the fact that we just hated each other when we were on the field. But to be clear, we did just hate each other when we were on the field. Uh, yeah. To the death. But no, it was, it was a good showing of class. I, I had a lot of respect for it. Mm. As did I. Uh, another big story that came out of that game was Lauren James's red card. Um, she stepped on a Lozier. She stepped on Michelle. Yeah. I was, I was baffled. Yeah. It, also, didn't, though, it wasn't even like a step. What's the purpose of a step? Because that wasn't to injure. 
it just kind of felt like a like a listen. Huh. I thought it was so dumb because, like you said, she didn't injure her. Right. So if you're trying to if you're trying to like really get wild, you didn't do that. So what is it for? And then two, we have VAR. You know they're gonna see it. Yeah. That is a red card mm. every day of the week. And now you're out at the World Cup because you what you you um what is that game we used to play? Because you hopscotched off of Michelle Lowe's back. You got <laughs> You saw her doing that and you thought hopscotch? Yes. She uh, so I'm sorry. You were born when? 95? Can we not? I know, but I just want to... Uh, the question here, this isn't about you being young. It's about like, I didn't know they were still hopscotching. Okay, well... I thought they, you guys she, did everything on your phones. She... First of all, I had that stupid... I had a Blackberry. Whoa. Did you BBM? I never... Oh, I was BBM. Me too. <laughs> I was in college. <laughs> I was BBMing my middle school crush. And mm. Ooh. He BBM me back. Not the point. Oh, shoot. Hopscotching. She hopscotched off her back. And I just thought that was so crazy and ridiculous. Like, for what? For what? And Michelle's reaction is so classic Michelle. She's she is so funny. She's, she's just like, what? And that's exactly... <laughs> I know she said it just like that. She's what? Because it didn't hurt her. So she was like, she's not one to be like, oh my gosh. Like, uh, Allie. Can you fathom if that was men? His back would have been broken. Oh, oh, I don't think I can play. It's And Michelle handled it so well. I was talking about it with Juan Carlos today. And I was like, I hope you know that if someone stepped on my back, I would be suspended for three games. <laughs> <laughs> but you would deserve, like you would, they, you should be able to. Do that. Like, don't give her a red card, but let me retaliate. Uh, retaliate. I I fully believe in retaliation. Yeah. I don't understand why it's punished with the same, you know, breath and sternness. I, I fully endorse retaliation. Based off of a lot of our conversation today, this is maybe for an offline thing. You should get into hockey. <laughs> it really feels like you might be into hockey. I just know. I just the way I grew up, my dad was always like, someone puts your hand their hands on you, you put their hands on them. I have mm -hmm. gotten a red card for fighting mm -hmm. before. And they love that. <laughs> and that's why you're here today. Yeah, but well, they asked me after I, I got suspended from school. This is the story you did not ask for. But I want it. <laughs> I got suspended from school for getting a red card, a straight red for fighting. What was this? What school? This is high school. Okay. Our Lady of Good Counsel. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I got suspended and I got detention and all the things. And when I went into the disciplinarian's office, like after I came back from, from suspension, they said, now Maggie, because that's what they called me. Do you regret it? And I said, no, I'd do it again. <laughs> and I would to this day. Did you get in more trouble because you said that? No, they did call my dad. But my dad, my you can't do anything to pop up. Yes, like <laughs> he's like good. She did exactly what yeah, I raised her to do. Exactly. He actually put boxing gloves on my bed. I I was crying because I missed the next game, and he was like Rocky, <laughs> and That's I was fun. like, Dad, this is not great. That's very fun. He's a good dad. I like that quite a bit. Um, Nigeria had a great tournament. This was the first game that they lost. People forget. Uh, they beat Australia 3-2 in the group stages, and they took uh, the current favorites, England, down to the wire. So we're pouring one out for Nigeria, for Ifi. Well, I mean, okay, go ahead. You want to do it. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, that's water. <laughs> uh, mine's vodka. England moves on to play the winner of Colombia versus Jamaica, which I think you— will have already seen people watching this, but we haven't. We're in the past. You're in the future. Uh, Australia versus Dan Denmark. That was the other round of 16 game on Monday. 
uh, in front of 75,000 fans. Uh, Australia got the win, 2-0, on goals from Haley Rosso and Caitlin Ford, who have been great for them. So good. Yeah. They've been good. Yeah, they have been. Yeah, not much more to say. Yeah. Well, they did get Sam Kerr back. Um, she subbed in for the final 10 minutes of her for her first World Cup action, so good to see. Sam Kerr is back. What does Sam Kerr bring to the squad? What doesn't she? I know. She, she at the very least, the very, very least, she takes so much attention and energy from the other team's back line, from their whole roster and the coaches. She's just something you have to constantly worry about. And when you have Rasso and Caitlin Ford, go Zaza, when you have them being in form the way that they are, having someone taking that attention away to yeah. open space up for them and open more opportunities for them is really, really dangerous. So we haven't seen the best of Australia yet. Wow. It's very scary. They're going to play the winner of France and Morocco, which will have also happened for you, but it has not yet happened for us. Um, let's look ahead to the quarterfinals. Spain is going to play the Netherlands, and Japan will play Sweden this Thursday and Friday in the quarterfinals. The winners of each game will then play each other. So which of these four teams to you, Midge, is the most dangerous? And I'm going to say mine first because you're probably going to have more interesting things to say. I'm Japan for me. I I agree. It's good. Great. I took it before you could say. It. <laughs> now you have to say something else. No, Japan looks incredible. Sweden. I mean, Japan looks incredible. And then I'll say Spain. And then I'll say Netherlands. And then I'll go Sweden. Mm -hmm. If you ask me who I'm actually rooting for, it's no one. I'm not really the type to. Yeah, she said the other day. She's like, I don't don't call me a fangirl. I don't like it. It's not well me. And no, yes. it's more just so I wanted the U.S. to win. Yeah. Also, you're you play. This is like oh, very yeah. much still about you. <laughs> but it's no, not I just about me ever. If it's not the U.S., I just I no one. I it would be cool for Japan, but I'm not like go Japan. Right. The only other team is Team Ify. Right. <laughs> and that's about it. And that's it. <laughs> uh, so we're we're gonna come back to you after those, and we'll give you our thoughts. Um, but we do, and we talked about this before we recorded, so you can't be mad. We do have to put our hearts somewhere. My heart is with Japan. Midge, who are you taking for the rest of this tournament? I'll take Japan, but my heart is right here on U.S. soil. I mean, mine is too. No, it's in Japan. My dad was born in Japan. Well, th there you go has nothing to do with why I picked them. I just think they look really good and they're fun to watch. I like the way that they play. Mm -hmm. um, all right, that feels like it. I don't know, guys, we're sad, you're sad, but there's a lot to look forward to both in this tournament and just in the future for the for the US. So don't be too sad and, and do as I say, not as I do, and don't read any of that stuff online. Just ignore it all. Get offline. Just get offline. Uh, let me deal with it. Till then, I'm Mitch Purse. And I'm Katie Nolan. <laughs> and this was the 91st presented by Adobe. Make sure to follow Just Women Sports on all your favorite channels for more great World Cup content and some exclusive The 91st content. And then don't follow or watch or read anything else. Bye. <laughs>